0: Schalke 04 Flute
1: lovely Chip Raul 4-1 Schalke Oh, and Edu Oh, that's a game breaker Schalke 04 Schalke 04 Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf English. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show for Victory Sunday is my co-host, jack mangan how we doing jack
0: yeah man victory sunday pod just the uh the fourth one of those of the year i believe and uh pretty pretty great victory sunday pod as well after the result yesterday
1: yeah yeah all things considered uh you doing well
0: oh yeah absolutely man definitely uh how was your thanksgiving
1: my thanksgiving was uh was good it was good um i'm actually and it's it's cold here in the east coast probably not as cold as in in chicago but um, I'm wearing my nice little Shaka ugly sweater that I purchased on the team store. Um, I, I guess you knew it was a Black Friday all week on the site, so I took advantage of it. Um, I'm sure tomorrow for Cyber Monday is going to be even greater deals. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Uh, I don't have one of those ugly sweaters yet, but I got I got to cop one
0: of those soon. Those are uh, those are pretty sweet. I missed out on the one last year that Bergstaller was modeling. Yeah, uh, yeah last <laughs> season. But I think I, I think I almost like this new one even better.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm uh it's a uh, it's I'm going to have to snap a picture here. Uh maybe not tonight cuz I'm I look all mess other than the sweater, but uh yeah, no, I'll definitely have to take a picture of that. Um but Jack, do you know why tonight is even more special of a night? I have a feeling you're going to tell me. Okay, yes I am. It's because <laughs> it marks 1 year to the to the date that we came back from 4-0 against uh Dortmund and the and got the, an epic 4-4 draw in the River derby last year. And to boot it's a one-year anniversary of you joining the show so champagne all around jack welcome
0: yeah pretty uh pretty great anniversary that was uh about the best possible game to have started off on in terms of uh podcasting that was it that was an easy one for me to come on and talk to you with but uh thank you once again for uh allowing me to join you on this and uh it's been a great year and i'm looking forward to uh many more to come
1: absolutely and uh As we have been, uh, as of late, we're going to start this one with news. Uh, First, coming from bundesliga.com, the title is Haji Wright, who is the next USA youngster emerging at Schalke? Uh, It starts off, Schalke is famed as a breeding ground for young talent and the production line shows no sign of letting up with USA international Haji Wright, the latest to graduate from the Royal Blue Stable. So in this article uh, it goes a little bit Haji Wright he's 20 years old um, obviously plays for Schalke he's a forward a striker um, and he is an American with two caps for the U19s he is a 6 foot 3 player he's very tall but I thought this article is very interesting cuz it talks about who he plays like okay you ready for this jack go for it it says he may have the physique of a battering ram but like Lewandowski Right is no more no mere target man, able to shoot with either foot, an expert on one on ones with a goalkeeper, and a work rate to make any self respecting box box midfielder jealous. I don't know, but Lewandowski is a very very praising uh, w- player to you know compare yourself to. But I can see where they're going. He, he has a similar build to him. He is uh, it comes from a line of of athletes in his family. I mean, Joseph Adai is probably someone you would know. I played a former running back for the for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's lofty praise, I would say, to compare him to Lewandowski at such an early age. <laughs> we might want to slow our
0: roll until Haji Wright scores five goals in nine minutes yeah. or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, huge storyline from this weekend, obviously. Um, Haji Wright getting his first uh, Bundesliga minutes with the team. Uh, I know it's very exciting for all of our American listeners out there, uh, another American coming through the ranks at Schalke. And, uh, I mean, it was great to see. He only had a very brief cameo late in the game. It's really hard to judge, um, anything he did on the pitch, given, you know, the lack of the sample that we had there. But, uh, you know, I, I was wondering if we were going to see him at some point this season. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we did as early as we have, you know, I was talking to, um, I mean, for any of our American listeners out there, I highly recommend the, uh, the scuffed podcast yes. with, uh, Adam, Adam bells and Velasquez, um, it goes, Gives you way more than you would ever possibly want to know about the uh, the U.S. Men's <laughs> National Team, but uh, I had hopped on there uh, early in the year uh, to to as part of their Bundesliga preview of the American players in the Bundesliga. And basically, what I had told them at the time was, um, you know, that there's some decent striker depth this season at Schalke, but you know, if there's injuries at any point. Uh, you know, you might see it happen where he just is randomly in the side at some point and gets some minutes, and that's basically exactly how it played out with Mark Uten and Bolo picking up injuries. You saw Haji Wright uh, called up to the first team over the international break for that friendly we played against uh, Zenit, um, and he got some minutes there, and then uh, you know stayed in the squad for this weekend. And uh, whether that will continue or not, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, I wouldn't count on it, obviously, if people come back, but uh, you know, regardless of the uh, what his future holds with the first team this season, it was a cool moment, Um, you know, bottom line. And, you know, we're all happy for him. And uh, that was, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then he had been making waves in the reserve team as of late. They said that he's been doing a lot of good work there. And and, and they thought he would be making it to the senior squad any day or any time now. And sure enough, the two injuries come about at the right time for him, um, not for the players, obviously. And, and so he gets a call-up, he gets his first match time this, uh, this weekend, and so uh, hopefully he can build on that, keep training hard, and you know we'll get to see more of him. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely a welcome sight to see uh, another American on the, on the on the squad getting on the lineup, so that, that, that's some good stuff right there. Um, since you mentioned the Zenit matchup, uh, the, the exhibition game during the international break, uh, the second article comes from the Canberra Times in Australia. Canberra export George Timoteo, makes Schalke for first team debut coming off the bench for Schalke against Russian sides in at St. Petersburg during that international break. Do you know much of this player, Jack, uh, this Australian? I cannot say that I do. Okay, very good. No, he's he's a youngster, um, and so he started out in Australia, and he thought that to he wanted to make it big into Europe, and, and he got a trial with Schalke, Um so he's, that's why he's currently here. Um, so after the game, he you know he got some obviously good time. He was he look he didn't look out of his element at all. Uh, some of the quotes from the game, um, he says, uh, "It's hard to make dreams reality when there's limited opportunities. But even when things get tough, I worked out that everything kept pushing, and now I'm reaping the benefits." There were a lot of doubters and haters that said I wasn't good enough for a younger age player. But especially the last two years, I've had a lot of critics, and obviously still do that. Uh, that's just the, the footballing world. But nice to silence them for a little bit. Um, that's not what my biggest motivation is, but. Um, I just want to play as much as I can and be as hard as I can at the moment playing for Schalke. No better way than, than leading the team to victory. Um, so uh, they didn't get a victory in that game, but I could see what he's talking about. He just wants to do good, and uh, he's just excited to get the opportunity to play with, you know, a top European club uh, like Schalke. So, yeah, hopefully we get to see more of this player. He's an Australian that not many people outside of Australia knew about, but um, he's got a good work rate, and and Tedesco loves his, uh, his players who uh, – who run all over the pitch, Jack, don't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely does. We have a lot of those types of guys. And uh, I mean, that that's something we love about the club, right, is, is the, the history of them giving young players a shot and how frequently we try to incorporate those guys into the side. So um, whenever we get youngsters getting a look, it's always an exciting time. And, uh, you know, uh, more often than not, those guys tend to work out for us. So it's it's a good thing as well.
1: All right. And then this, uh, our last article is once again from bundesliga.com. Uh, Schalke and USA international, Weston McKinney, nominated for U.S. Soccer 2018 Male Player of the Year. Fellow USA internationals, Tyler Adams, Matt Miyazaga, Zach Steffen, and Will Trapp will also complete the list of nominees. Last year, it was won by Christian Pulisic yeah it's it's good to see he's starting to get not- into notoriety in the u s uh people definitely have been following him and Pulisic uh, being in the Bundesliga and obviously these other guys uh, are well known also throughout the ranks but um yeah it you know the fact that he's getting so much pitch time with with chalka um it speaks to how what kind of quality this kid possesses
0: yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Kind of a kind of a rough year for the U.S. Men's National Team, so I don't know how much uh, Player of the Year means uh, in the context of 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 this season. But still, cool to see him see him up there, and he's he's certainly uh, one of the brightest young players in our in our player pool, along with you know Pulisic and Tyler Adams, some of the guys that you mentioned. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do once we get you know an official hire here and uh, get a system and an actual you know tactical setup in place. Um, once Dave Sarakan moves on,
1: not to uh, stray too much of of Shaka, but what you make of the whole uh, Le t- USA turning him down rumors that there was going on this week? It, I don't. Nothing
0: surprises me anymore. The U.S. Soccer Federation is. It's it, this is this whole process has been kind of a dumpster fire. So um,
1: apparently, we don't like that any it,
0: manager, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're they're just.
1: <laughs> it's been over a year, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: and we still haven't made a move yet. So, Ugh, brutal. Hopefully soon.
1: Well, back to the Royal Blues we go. A uh, quick rundown of today's show. We're obviously going to talk the Nuremberg victory, um, and then we're going to get into listener questions because we, you guys have sent us some questions. We want to make sure we get to them all. But before we get to that, Jack, we're going to play another game of um, multiple choice. I thought I was going to get through this time without you dropping that on me, but you caught me last second. Okay, here <laughs> yes, we go. Yes, that's the way I do it. These will be a little bit harder than last time, but, you know, hey, we'll see how you do, all right? All right, number one, what are the team colors? A, red and black, B, blue and red, C, red and yellow, or D, blue and white? Hard question, I know. That's blue and white. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when the team was founded under the name Westphalia Schalka in 1904, its colors were actually red and yellow back then. 20 years later, the name was changed to FC Schalke 04, and the colors blue and white were adopted. The colors are also mentioned in the team song Blau und Weiß, which is blue and white, how much I love you. All right, that's easy. Let's do something a little harder. Number two, in Germany, Schalke is famous for being involved in many scandals and affairs. The first one occurred in 1930. At that time, all the players in the German league were playing at an amateur status, which means they were only allowed to receive a certain amount of money from the football club. Schalke paid some of its players more than that. What was the amount of money that the players were allowed to get? I have have no idea. Well, here's the here's four choices. You can you can make a choice and see what it says. See what happens. Let's you know, see. Uh, a hundred fifty Reichsmark, B twenty Reichsmark, C five Reichsmark, or D hundred Reichsmark. Now, this is what they're supposed to get.
0: And and on how much of a basis was that? Like per game, per per month? Like what was that? Uh,
1: per game, I believe. Uh, B. Close. It's actually five Reichsmark. Um, Five Reichsmark could not really be considered a salary, but as mentioned earlier, all the players had a job when which they made a living instead of allowed the five Reichsmark. Fourteen players from Shaka received ten Reichsmark, which made them professional players and was therefore illegal. Shaka had to pay a fine of sixteen hundred Reichsmarks and was excluded from the Westphalian Football Association for five months. So you learned something on this podcast. Yeah, do Shaka play paying their players well. Love to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, Last one, number three, one of the most popular shows in German TV was Actuelle Sports Studio, which is translated to current sports studio. The first female host of the show, Carmen Thomas, no relation, became popular because of which blooper? A, calling them Schalke 05, B, calling them Schalke 03, C, calling them Schalke 40, or D, Schalke 04? Uh, 03. Close, it's actually Schalke 05. Um, when the show first aired in 1963, um, that's when she called them Schalke 05, and she actually became famous because this uh mistake. Um, I'm sure embarrassing, she was very embarrassed after the fact, but uh, yeah, that little lone tri- trivia. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that joke was going around on Twitter right after the uh, the five consecutive losses to start the season. Yes, I know, so. and
1: uh, our friend Abel Mazaros was a uh, part of that too. <laughs>
0: yeah too soon for that joke man
1: uh anyway enough of the funny games jack shall we get this show on the road let's get into it all right so in this one uh let's get into the lineups real quick because uh this was a curious one uh Obviously, for Schalke, we're going to start off. uh, Fairman, again, back in net. In defense, we had uh, Benjamin Stambouli, Salif Sane, Matija Nastasic. And playing in the sixth role, we had Sebastian Rudy, his first start since that Bayern matchup. Um, Right wing, we had uh, Daniel Caligiri, uh, followed with uh, Nabil Bentaleb, Amin Harit. And then on the left wing with uh, Bastion Ochipka, And then up top, we had Guido Bergstahler and Steven Skribicki, his first start for Schalke Nulfir. What'd you make of the lineup, Jack?
0: Uh, it's the three-one-four-two that we've seen quite a bit uh, this season. So no, no surprises in terms of the general shape uh, of, of the squad. But uh, interesting partnership in the middle there with Bentaleb and, and Harit, and then obviously uh, Steven Skripski getting his his uh, his first start. Um, has a couple appearances, I think, prior to that, maybe in the Galatasaray game and, yeah. and, uh, possibly one other one. I forget which one it was, but, um, his first time up top. Um, and as we discussed earlier with, you know, the Haji Wright making the squad, I mean, a lot of that's probably due to, uh, some of the injuries we have in that position. But, um, you know, he had a great season last year in the spiders Bundesliga for Union Berlin. And, um, you know, ha- hasn't had his opportunities so far, but uh, great to see him getting one today uh, out of the international break, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But he certainly took advantage of it.
1: Yeah, this is uh, he admitted that this is his boyhood club that he you know dreamed of playing for, and now he, to finally get a start for them and then doing so well for them uh, was this dream come true for him, no doubt about it. Uh, looking on the bench for Shaka, we had a uh, Franco Di Santo, Yevon Konoplyanka, Alexander Nubel, Naldo, Omar Mascarel, who came on in the 80th for Rudy. Alessandro Schopf, who came on the 86th for Hari, Haji Wright, as we mentioned, who came on on the 88th for Skrutsky. And then, uh, obviously, Wright was on the bench, as we talked about, because Uthin and Mbolo, uh, their injuries opened the door to what was seen what before, like a closed door for Haji Wright. So uh, it was good news all around, uh, minus the injuries. Looking at the Nuremberg lineup real quick, uh, Methenia was in, as in goal, not for long. Bauer was at right back, but not for long. We'll get to that. Uh, Margaret Ryder. Mool, uh, Liebold, the left back, Petrek, Barons, Ryan, uh, Rodri- or Rodrigo Palacios, excuse me, Palacios, Federico Palacios, uh, Ishtak, and Kubo. The big thing, you know, I noticed before the match, Jack, was the great choreographies between the Schalke fans and Nurberg fans. Uh, yeah. Big friendship, you know, with the two clubs. Uh, but seemingly the whole stadium was part of this whole TIFO. Did you, did you get a, a whiff of this? I, yeah, I did. The TIFO game was uh,
0: was excellent. Um, just an absolute wall of color all around the Veltans Arena. Um, you know, half Schalke have half, half Nuremberg colors, and it was a really cool display. And it, you know, sometimes you see some of that in the context of a really bitter rivalry, but it was, uh, it was cool to see that in the context of a of a of a friendly encounter between two clubs that have pretty good relations. So, um, hats off to everyone that participated in that. That was a great atmosphere pre match.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that was uh, that was absolutely great. No, get into this matchup, uh, Jack. We we saw really quickly how valuable a player like Amin Harik can be. Um, within the first minute, he was fouled twice. When he's on his game, this is what happens: he gets fouled. We get our opportunities for set pieces, and there's no. It was today was just living proof of that, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, he has that. He has that ability. Most fouled player in the Bundesliga last season. Haven't quite seen that from him as much uh, early into this campaign. But um, he was lively today, and as you said, uh, drew a yellow card within I think a minute of the match starting. Although I do feel kind of bad for. For Bauer um, on that one, because you could make the argument that Harit might have fouled him just moments before he ended up yeah. getting pulled back. So kind of a kind of a harsh decision that early in the game to, to pull a yellow card that quickly. But um, I mean, that's the kind of skill he has. He, he, he gets defenders into tough situations like that quite a bit.
1: I know at some point during the telecast, the announcer made the made the point that, you know, when Harit is on his game, he could probably break. He can unlock anybody one on one in the world. Um, that's kind of talent the kids possesses. It just you know him being on is a question, and I wonder now you know seeing that the last few weeks he's starting to come around to the player that we remember him last year. I wonder if he was just a World Cup, you know, rusty's shaking off because he really didn't get a break last year while most players did. Um, He continued on with Morocco and 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 trying to you know get them you know in the World Cup, and so maybe he was still reaping the I wouldn't say benefits, but reaping the uh, extra games played. And maybe now he's just finally getting back in tune to where he's, where he needs to be. I don't know. Well, I mean, also the whole incident, um, oh, yeah. post
0: World yeah. Cup, with you know, the, with the car accident, and everything, in, in Morocco, I, I can imagine that you know has played pretty heavily on his psyche um, since then. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? But it, it's good to see him getting back into form, and he was he was excellent today.
1: All right. Well, around the sixth minute or so, uh, Chalka win one another free kick, and we've we seen to one many in, in this game. Um, but uh, it was a beautiful, beautifully taken uh, free kick by Daniel Caligiri. He found Bergstahler, his header, which was brilliantly saved by Mathenia, And that was a perfect placement in Caligiri. That's vintage Caligiri we haven't seen in a while. It seemed like pinpoint cross and right to the Bergstahler. And, it, I mean, that was going in if it wasn't for the goalkeeper. Yeah, and that's one of the stories of, of
0: this match for me is, is the, uh, the reemergence of, of Daniel Caligiri uh, being very effective getting into advanced areas fence-wide areas, which is kind of a, a hallmark of his performances last season and part of the reason that he recorded, you know, over 10 assists in that campaign. Um, he's really struggled to, to get into those areas and and be an effective supplier for us from those dangerous positions and uh, really did a lot of that today. And this 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 free kick was just, uh, you know, the first example of that. But as you say, uh, pretty solid header from Bergstaller, More of a glancing header, uh, but, you know, got it low, got it going away from the keeper. It was just an excellent save from Matanya to keep it out.
1: Yeah, and it, I wonder if it's just Kalajiri finally pushing up the pitch and you know, doing what we expect him to do, or is it the um, added the added of his line mate, Ochipka, who's his counterpart on the left wing, that maybe they finally feel comfortable with doing the game plan they want to do? I mean, I mean, it could just be the opponent. I mean, who knows? It could be a number of things. We can always get to that later because I know there's a listener question about that. A couple minutes after this play, uh, Harit again continue on with his fast start. He he did something which we've been calling for for a long time, and it's take a shot. He took a shot from distance, forced another big save from matenya You know, this is what I want to see about Harit when he gets an opportunity, take it. Don't always look for the pass or the pretty pass. You know, if you got a shot on goal, take it, and he did. Um, it was a good shot. It was it was going on target. It was, it was forced save by Matenia again there. Yeah, it was a, it was an
0: excellent save. I think it was just he, he hit it from so far out that the goalkeeper had plenty of time to to see yeah. it and get over to it. But if if that had been taken from maybe you know. 5 yards closer so that had a really good chance of going in because it was a it was a brilliant strike and um yeah you love to see that from I mean taking a player on getting into space having a go um you know he hadn't coming in before this game he hadn't scored since January and uh you know he's a player that you would think has goals in him I may maybe not historically but he's the kind of player that looks like he can right deliver on that if he adds that to his game that's that's going to be huge because we already know you know how dangerous he is in terms of um you know breaking people down and setting things up for his for his teammates so um yeah nice to see him having a go and you know you don't want to take bad shots too often but i I don't think there's any harm every once in a while with just getting something on frame you know rebounds and that sort of thing you never know what can happen with those and um yeah letting fly and and get something on target early is always always good
1: and this wasn't all shock in the beginning. Uh, like a minute later, Kubo uh, gets a shot from distance that Farman had to save. It was absolutely wide open, it seemed like, Jack. Was that the game plan for both teams uh, at the beginning of this one? I don't know. I mean, it seemed like certainly that
0: Nuremberg was sitting back, you know, quite a bit, um, inviting a little bit of pressure and then maybe trying to catch us on the break. And um, I mean, we really took... Their invitation to push forward. I think you know achipkin and Caligari were both getting really advanced and and that definitely left left us you know uh, susceptible to counters and and that happened quite a bit um, in this one and and that was uh, just the first example of that. but uh, yeah, not not the uh, not the strongest defensive display from the squad today.
1: no. um but you know speaking of the defensive squad, um, there was an improvement, I thought from from the Frankfurt matchup. And in particular, Salif Sane looked more composed than he had. He had been for a while, and especially that Frankfurt game, he seemed like, at least early on, he was swallowing up everything, getting getting in the way of all the shots, uh, intercepting all the passes, uh, doing doing exactly what it was needed for to be a center back for, uh, in this back three. Uh, we saw what Naldo did last year; he just swallowed up everything, and and at the beginning, at least Sane was doing that, and he seemed composed. But hey, I mean, the game game went on, got a little bit more wide open, and we'll get to that. Not too, not too long after um, the ninth minute, uh, Skripski showing good hur- good hustle, I should say. Uh, and, and this was, I'm talking about defensively backtracking. Uh, he, crossed the, he crossed the midway line and, and backtracked and stole a ball back from one of the players, from the Nuremberg players. That's got to be something Tedesco loves is when his forwards are working their ass off, trying to get the ball back to, to set up the possession of the game to try to go and, and counter the other way. Yeah, but I mean, you see that a lot
0: from guys like Guido Bergstall who really yes. you know work their tails off. But uh, uh, not surprising to see that from Skripsky. This is his first opportunity to start, and he really he was lively and he looked like he was trying to take full advantage of it. He was all over the place, um, yeah, not just offensively but defensively as well.
1: All right, uh, in the thirteenth minute, um, our man uh, Ronaldinho, aka Bentaleb, uh, he went down at the edge of the box. Uh, nothing is called, Jack. Was that a foul for you?
0: Uh, certainly looks like it um and would have set up another dangerous free kick opportunity didn't get the call on that one but um Bentel, yeah he was in he was in rare form today man he was he was really taking i was really impressed with him i thought that was maybe his best game of the season up to this point uh he was brilliant on the dribble as you said you, you know you you sent out a tweet and compared him to. To Ronaldinho, which was pretty funny. Um, but I mean, there's a couple times where that that comparison wasn't too far off. He had he had some excellent runs today, and in addition to that, some some really good um, incisive kind of line breaking passes, some excellent through balls, um, really positive play from him today, and that was that was great to see.
1: Yeah, I think the fact that he wasn't playing in the six in this one, he played more in the eight, uh, playing alongside Harid. I mean, maybe he was just playing alongside Harid. You know, got him you know got him amped up for the game. But I don't know if I've seen a better game. Yes, he scored games, goals where he, he scored games where he had goal, multiple goals in games and whatnot. But I mean, I thought, you know, the moves he did, the one on ones like you're talking about, I thought that was uh, some brilliant play by him, taking on guys one on one, one on two, keeping possession, just attacking. It's what we've been craving him to do because we know he has the talent to do that. And to see him finally, like, doing that, um, and I was excited to see that because I'm like, okay, we, Harit's got somebody who can, uh, a, a counterpart to go one on one against people. He's not going to do all the work. And, uh, it certainly opened up the game by B- B- Benteleb going at guys and, and setting up his teammates because he was just spreading it around while attacking. Loved it.
0: I mean, there's been so much uh, rotation this season in the midfield with different combinations of players that Tedesco's using and everything. And there's been times where, you know, Bentaleb's been sitting a little bit deeper and everything. And I think he's certainly capable of playing that role. But, you know, a conversation we've had on the podcast yeah. previously um, and I think is really um, – kind of was demonstrated in his performance against Nuremberg was he really does have a creative mind and, um, and the ability to um, do some damage if he is in a, in a little bit more freedom and a little bit more space further up the pitch and impacting, you know, our buildup in the final third. So um, I really liked him in the role he played today. And I, and I think, that's probably the best place for him going forward. I'd much rather see, you know, like a Mascherello or somebody sitting sitting deeper, kind of being that that midfield fulcrum and allowing Bentaleb to
1: get up the pitch a little bit. I could not agree more. That's uh, a it that was a brilliant position for him to play in, and hopefully we see more of him and more of the combination work with him and Harit uh, going forward because uh, the French connection there, the Algerian connection, or North African connection, I should say, um, it definitely was hitting a spark there. This <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> All right, so a couple minutes after that, you know, um, I mean, Harit, again, who we've been talking about seems like all pot so far. He set up Bergstahler, which I thought was going to be a goal. But Petrak came in last minute, cleared it away. I thought that was brilliant play between Bergstahler and, and, and Harit. All, all was missing was a goal.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm trying to remember if I remember the exact player referencing, but if it's the one I think it is, it's it's yet another opportunity of Harit getting the balling space, taking a player on, um, and playing a really once again really incisive, positive ball yeah. into the box, which Bergstaller just wasn't quite able to get under his feet and, and get a shot off. But um, that was something we were seeing a lot today from a lot of different players on the pitch. For the um you know, instead of the long balls that we've talked about previously, um sort of these angless just boots downfield, um, which often lead to you know loss of possession and that sort of thing. Um, a, a lot of really good movement up front from the attacking players and uh, some really excellent, accurate low balls You know, breaking defensive lines and, and putting us in good positions to score.
1: Absolutely. And the, the guy, again, Harit, just a couple minutes later, uh, there was an inbound play where uh, Nuremberg is trying to go up the pitch. He steals it. Uh, he he sets up burksaller who gets a shot off this time. Saved again by Matenia, that leads to a corner on the ensuing, ensuing corner. Ochipka kicks it in. burksaller gets another shot off. It's uh, wasn't the greatest of shots, but it was it was accurate enough where Matenia had to force it, get forced to make another save. It was a flurry of action there that it was involved with you know Harit burksaller Ochipka. Um, and the goalkeeper, it seemed like he was going to have one of those games that we had against like Radetsky last year or something, or the goalie's going to try to steal the show.
0: Yeah, he was, he was busy early in Nuremberg school, even Um a lot of opportunities. Uh, disappointed that we didn't, you know, get, get on the score sheet earlier than we did, although we ended up, you know, pouring the goals in later, but um, definitely making him work early in the match.
1: There was, what was a 22nd minute, I guess it was um, Harit again taken out he's been that spark all game all game long He, like we said uh he's constantly going out to players and when he's on his game people are taking him out he's the most foul player in the bundesliga he's fouled numerous times in this game i can't even pick, think about how many yellows he, he created in this game alone that's what we want to see because you know we got all those set-piece goals last year majority of them are from harik getting tackled some point and then setting up a, a setting up a free kick then <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of
0: players that you and I reference quite frequently as, as being just sort of X factor players who, um, we feel just add a different dimension to our play when they're on the pitch. And I think those are usually Harit and sometimes Kanaplianka as well, right. just their ability to take people on it and, and really open things up, um, and create opportunities for everybody else by, um, you know, breaking a line with, you know, one of their dribbling moves or something like that. And, uh. Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 great to see him back and involved, and he he was such a pivotal part of our squad, you know, early last season, um, and, and hopefully he can keep this going because it, it really gives us just like I said, another dimension that we sometimes don't have when he's not on the pitch. He's incredibly dangerous when he's when he's in a groove.
1: Another, you know, we we mentioned Bentalebly and very very attack-minded today, very aggressive. Um, Chalka had a lot of opportunities in the beginning, but they weren't capitalizing at the, at the very beginning. And unfortunately, uh, Sané, Nastasic, and Kubo in the 25th minute, they would all collide, leaving Barons all alone one-on-one, but his shot misses wide. That could have been the first goal of the game, Jack. Uh, We lucked out there. Calamitous uh, effort in the defensive end uh, between two of our players and and Kubo, and Barons was left one-on-one, and he just pushes it wide. Yeah, probably should have finished that one, to be
0: honest. And it was uh, kind of funny. I think Bergstahler had a very similar effort later in the match that also just missed that that far yeah. right post. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, as, as bright of a start as we had from an offensive perspective, you know, as we talked about earlier, um, definitely not <laughs> the strongest at the back. And, and both teams had a number of opportunities early. It truly was a pretty wide open match.
1: There, this game was screaming for a goal. That one just missed for for Nuremberg uh, in the twenty sixth minute. We would it would pay off uh, for Schalke. No less uh, Scripski, uh He gets a ball in from a beautiful pass by Cavalieri. That w- it was like a no man's land for the goalkeeper. Goal, uh, Matania came out trying to get it. Uh, Skribski played it perfectly. Bounces off Matania off of Skribski. He gets a wide open net. Scores the goal. His first goal for the Royal Blues. Schalke are up one nothing. Joy all around, isn't it? <laughs> what a what a easy, fortunate goal, but it was a big goal nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: cheeky lob from, from Calgary, as you said, uh, in behind, uh, kind of like right on the edge of the box. Matania came running out for it for some reason, didn't try to grab it, yeah, or use his hands to, to pick that one up. Which he, I mean, he could have because it was within the box, but um, he tried to clear it and uh, just mishit it, couldn't quite make the contact, and um, it, yeah, fell to Skripsky. And uh, I mean, he's not going to score an easier goal than that probably um, for the rest of his career, really just kind of a tap in at that point. But uh, great to finally get the goal that I think we had probably deserved up to that point through our play and and an incredible moment for, for him personally. Um, You know, as we already mentioned earlier, just, you know, growing up a Schalke supporter, um, this is his first start and he's able to market with the goal uh, to take the lead. It must've been a, a pretty special moment for him and you could see how excited the rest of the team was.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It was great to see that what was lost in all of this? I mean, you mentioned that Matanya should have been able to grab it at, at least. Maybe he was afraid that he was going to collide with Skripsky. Who knows? Um, but what ended up happening was when Skripsky got by him, uh, I guess when he landed, he must've twisted his knee or something up, but he, he was hurt on that play. He was down for a couple minutes after the goal that would come back later to bite him. Uh, after the kickoff, uh, Nuremberg nearly replied, Ishtak, uh, he had a header that just missed wide. Um, you know that's a it's 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 a fortunate time for Schalke. Usually, those go in when they when when Schalke scored a season. It seemed like the, the team count, other team counters and they get a goal right back. So we got lucky in that one. Um, so I, it could have been one one at that point. It stayed one nothing, and luckily it did because just a few minutes later, Bergstahler on the wing of all places. You know he's a wonderful one on two against. I mean he beats two guys uh, in in the corner, crosses it to the center. Skrivsky, you know, dives trying to get a header. He misses it. Ball goes. is a chaos in the box. Goes right to Harit. Another empty net. Two nothing. Just like that. It looks like it's going to be Shaka's day there. Um, but what a what a what a play by uh, by overall. I mean, to beat the two guys one on two, not one on one, but one on two, and get the cross in. Um, it was um, a great play by him. I think uh, to to cause that whole goal to happen. It, it really is a
0: classic Berksaler play, isn't it? I mean, if you were to ask me, like just picture Bergstaller on the pitch it's basically exactly what that play was yeah. you know him like taking on multiple people driving him with his shoulder somehow getting out of a tough situation just you know su- such a hard worker and never gives up on a on a play like that and he really created something from nothing he was kind of in a cul-de-sac there and managed to, to dribble his way out played a great ball across um and uh you know harit excellent job being in the right place at the right time kind of making that that late run into the box and uh you know i think i think both the nuremberg defenders and this was a trend i think with almost with at least both the goals that Chalka ended up conceding but i think both the nuremberg defenders expected something to happen with scribstein or the goalkeeper in terms of that ball being kind of th- that play ending there and when it snuck through neither of them had tried to uh Track the run of Harit, or uh, you know, get in position for a rebound or something, and he was really able to just kind of pass that one into the net again. Um, But uh, yeah, two goal lead, uh, something we haven't experienced too often. Two goals in six minutes, too. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was it was great to see. Definitely an offensive explosion from us today. Um, And uh, Harit, his first goal since since January, I believe. And yeah. uh I mean yeah, it's great to see him back on the score sheet. If if he can start doing that with a little bit more consistency, that will be absolutely huge from us.
1: And this goal was typical of the of Tedesco's pentagonal press, if you will. Um so if you if you look at, you know, we said the three, one, four, two, um, if you look at the top two forwards, Burke Seller and Skripsky in this case, and then you had Bentaleb and Harit, and then you had Rudy, that makes a the Pentagonal there. And so like last year, He got great success when uh, Goretzka was was playing in that Harit role and make that late run and get the goals. And then Harit was this is how what he did. He came in with a late run, found himself wide open in the box. The ball came to him in in perfect place. So that's Tedesco's game plan right there, working to perfection. Harit getting a goal, a much needed goal that he hasn't had in a long time, like you said. Uh, So it's great to see that going around. Absolutely, you know, positive signs from Schalke there on, and you know, just minutes later. You know, Scripski almost made it 3-0. Caligiri again with another pass, and Scripski almost makes it 3-0. Uh, came so close, but, you know, as it does in football, when you when you nearly miss one and it comes back on the other end to bite you, doesn't it, Jack? And uh, <laughs> Nuremberg, they somehow undress Schalke's defense. Uh, Farman makes a great save on Ishtak. Uh, the rebound, however, goes to Federico Palacios, who buries it. Uh, in the back of the net, Jack. Uh, what was going on there? It was four versus three in favor of Nuremberg on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, I'd have to watch this one again to remember every every moving part. But yeah, it was definitely on the, the back of sort of a counter. And um, I think it's a long ball gets played into the box. And for whatever reason, there's somebody, I forget which player it was, is just completely unmarked. Um, kind of the left side of the box. Uh, I, I want to say that Nastasic was pressing. The guy with the ball, and then and then both maybe Stambouli and um, Sane are, are covering men too, and and really just poor job from the midfield, particularly Rudy, in my opinion. No effort to track back and, and cover that, and and really, I mean that that ball was just the whoever whoever player that was. I, once again, I apologize for not knowing. Um, is sitting just sitting in the box completely unmarked, and it's really easy. For, for Nuremberg to, to, to play that ball in and, and make something happen there. So um, once again, as is kind of, I mean, this is going to be annoying for our listeners, right? We're, we're getting to the point of the season where um, if, if there's a trend, you're just going to hear me talk about it basically every week. And, and far too often, in my opinion, the goals that we've been conceding have just been people not having their head on a swivel, you know, ball watching, um, you know, just not, not being aware of their surroundings. And you just can't leave somebody that wide open, in that situation, and there's kind of a lack of hustle from a couple different players, and a lack of awareness, and a pretty cheap goal to concede, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and just like that, it's two one, and we've seen this how many times this season where we get a lead and the other team counters, and all of a sudden that lead's gone or the lead's uh, diminished. So, yeah, it was a little worrisome there. We saw there was a little bit of a unfortunate incident a couple minutes later, while Nuremberg had gotten back into the game. Unfortunately for them, their goalkeeper Matanya. Would go down for the second time. Uh, this time for good. He would be subbed off for Bredlow in the 42nd minute. So he couldn't even make it to halftime. He was hurting that bad from that play when Skribski scored. So he gets subbed off. Um, and this guy Bredlow, I didn't, I didn't even know, even heard his guy. And apparently he he previously played for Hallisher and in the and in the, in the, th- the Bundesliga three. And he you know just just joined Nuremberg and playing with them. So I mean, it's a good field goal story for him for sure. I think he was originally meant to be the number 1 but just, you know never panned out whatever but um yeah it's you don't follow Bundesliga 3? I don't you know I, I can only I can only find <laughs> Bundesliga 2 I can't find Bundesliga 3 so I'll work on that guys I'm sorry for sorry folks <laughs> yeah I, I I can't say
0: I can't say I follow that one either
1: <laughs> So in the 46th minute uh just before we get to halftime and it seems like perfect time this season where it's always gone bad for us uh Nuremberg um gets a cross in and it was a cross by Liebold, it seemed to go by everyone including Fairman and it just misses wide jack we hear were inches away from going into halftime 2-2 two, two. luckily for us it was another near miss that went by and wide
0: yeah as as i've said already uh you know it was a it's easy to put the focus on the offensive explosion that we, we we had today, which was a long time coming in a very welcome development, but um, still kind of shaky at the back. And you don't like the number of opportunities that we gave up to, um, you know, in all fairness, not a particularly talented Nuremberg squad. So um, yeah, it very easily could have been could have been level going into halftime, and we're, we're lucky that it wasn't.
1: So coming out of after or during halftime, I should say, the announcers were talking, yeah, as they normally do, and the announcer made a comment that I thought was a little harsh considering what the scoreline of the game was. But he said, uh, uh, he goes, and I quote, Shaka deserved to be winning for sure, but defense is horrible. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's horrible. They it, it had some moments of lapses, especially that one play or a couple plays. Uh, but considering that they were winning the game, calling their defense horrible, what do you think of Norberg defense? You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought it was a little harsh. but
0: Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, it, it was it was but um you know i think i think the the overarching point is that you know a team that had as great of a defensive record as Schalke did last season and a team that has you know a pretty decent defensive squad in terms of the player personnel should be performing at a, at a little bit higher of a level and not probably uh allowing that many chances to uh this this nuremberg squad but um yeah i mean i don't know You're fair i wasn't I, I, I personally don't listen to what the commentators say at halftime. No. I'm usually going and getting a beverage or something right, like that. Right. So I must have missed that comment. But,
1: yeah, no, yeah, maybe a little bit harsh. Yeah. Coming at the, coming out of halftime, we wanted to see the guys continue to do what they were doing the first half in the attacking sense. And Daniel Caligiri, he was back at it again. He nearly, nearly found Skripsky, uh just minutes into the second half. We moved a little bit forward, and I think it was like 53rd or 54th minute. Nabil Bentaleb, again, doing that fantastic footwork. Beating five guys and surprising Bergstaller with a pass. I don't think Bergstaller was ready for it, and he he obviously misses that. But that's when I tweeted out. I said, "Look, Bentaleb is looking like Ronaldinho today, because I mean, beating five guys like he did, like it was easy, and then giving a pass at Berg, like basically a no look pass to Bergstaller, who wasn't ready at all. Had he been ready, that might have been goal of the year, right there, hands down." <laughs>
0: Oh it's a brilliant run and actually Rudy had put him in a pretty difficult position with the pass that got played into him and he he turned out of it and and dribbled out of pressure and then and made this run into the box and as you said beat what seemed like four or five Nuremberg defenders and and did a little like cheeky um, chip pass over to Bergstahler and, and yeah, not only did he fake out the Nuremberg defense, he faked out his own teammate <laughs> and Bergstahler just kind of whiffed on the shot. Cause I don't, yeah, like, I don't think he was expecting it. Maybe he was expecting Benteleb to have a go himself, but um, I mean, that would have been a great opportunity. I don't know if Bergstahler would have scored from that position, but he had a decent, decent look there. And uh yeah, I mean, love to see that from Bentaleb. Um, he's clearly capable of of doing that kind of stuff, and um, it was great to see him in advanced areas. And uh, you know, with with that footwork and some of his passing, and everything today, he was very, very dangerous. And um, if we can get performances like that out of him, th- that's going to be huge. I mean, yeah. it, the strikers can't all do it themselves, right? When you have guys like Harit and Bentaleb, um, you know, really making things happen, it, it it takes a lot of attention away from you know guys like Bergstahl and who's, whoever's up front, and and can definitely open some things up.
1: Yeah. And I only wish that Nabil took a shot on that one. Cause I thought he had, he had, at least from our point of view, I thought he had some opportunities to take a shot. Um, uh, but maybe he saw something otherwise, or maybe he's being unselfish, who knows, but brilliant play by him. And yeah, he surprised, he surprised everyone in the stadium, uh, with that no look pass too. So, uh, Hey, it cannot, they can all go well for him. Uh, the guy you kind of, yeah,
0: let's say he was being unselfish yeah. and just give him the benefit of the doubt on one because he deserves a lot of credit yeah, for that absolutely, run. Absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely, that was one of the best runs I've seen in a while. Uh, that didn't result in a goal. So, the guy you referenced who put him in, a, in an awkward position, Rudy, um, he actually had a really good through pass to Harit who set up Burkseller, which is the play you referenced earlier where Burkseller just missed the post, uh, wide side. Overall, good linkage play there as one of the better passes I've seen from Rudy to Harit, and then Harit obviously doing what, doing what he does, uh, finding Burkseller. Okay, let's take this opportunity to discuss Rudy, though. Yes. Um, and I think you
0: and I do a pretty good, pretty good job of trying to be constructive with our criticism um, of of players in the team when things aren't going well. But I'm having a really difficult time doing that with his performance today. He was awful, wouldn't you say?
1: At times, yes. Uh, there were some glimpses that he did well, but yeah, overall, it was not uh, it was not a good game for him.
0: I mean, outside of the play that you literally just mentioned, I, I can't think of a specific thing that he did particularly well in this one he was he did a poor job keeping his shape he was out of position a lot um and and honestly just like a real lack of hustle it seemed. He, most of the time when i saw him he was just walking around out there and i mean this guy is super super talented um, I mean, you don't get purchased by Bayern Munich if, if that's not the case. He had a great year for Hoffenheim yeah. under Julian Nagelsmann a couple of seasons ago. And, you know, a fairly big money signing for something that a lot of people were really excited about. And, um, you know, struggled to kind of gain a foothold and and put in some good performances early on to a Schalke tenure. And initially, you know, you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But um, I kind of that performance for me raised a couple question marks in terms of what's going on out there, because. I mean, honestly, if. If Mascarel gets the start at kind of that, that, uh, that, that one in the four two three one, um, I mean, 4 1, uh, whatever a it six, is. 3, three one, four, two, I should yeah. say. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that deep lying six position. Um, if he gets, if Mascarel ends up taking over that spot, you can't really have any complaints about it, can you? I mean, on the backs of what, what that was. I mean, I don't know. He, he, get, he came on later in the match. Um, he got subbed on and, uh, you know, he hasn't had that many opportunities because I think he had an injury early in the season, but, um, i don't know man just really all i can say is it raised an eyebrow and i i I don't know what was going on there today but hopefully rudy can can pick it up because you know he's a guy that absolutely should be able to have a stranglehold on that position with how talented he is and i hope he can turn it around but um yeah, disappointing performance. I mean, I mean, we were able to uh, overcome it. Right, the rest of the squad did a did a great job today. But sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it.
1: I, you know, I actually think Omar Mascarello is better suited for that position in particular. Well, I agree with you. Rudy should be the one who should have a stranglehold on this position. I'm wondering now, watching all these games, that maybe he's not getting the pressing techniques that Tedesco is asking, and he's maybe a little bit confused out there as to what exactly needs to be done. And maybe so he's just trying to improvise and do the best he can to try to fill in and try to figure it out on his own, hoping that it'll, it'll come to him. Because um, I think with Tedesco's pentagonal system, you, it requires you to press at certain points to you know get turn- turnovers and cause a, a counterattack to go the other way. And, and he's not getting that. And maybe we're just trying to put him in there because he is such a talented player. We're hoping he'll just figure it out on his own. And maybe he just needs a little bit more one-on-one training. I mean, I don't know. For sure, I, this is just what I'm looking at because it is disappointing. I mean, you would think it would be a similar system coming from the Nagelsmann system in Hoffenheim uh, while Byron system is completely different. You you would think you would be able to get grasp a similar system, in, in at least in terms of in position and, and formation that Nagelsmann ran and what Tedesco runs. Uh, but maybe it is the pressing points or maybe it's just something, I don't know, maybe it's something else that he's not quite figuring out. But, yeah, it's, it's not quite too... Uh, what his standards are, I'm sure, but not to our standards uh, uh, either. So, when I saw my come in, I thought he was perfect for that.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens if we move him higher up the pitch and play around with his position. I, I just, I don't, I don't know if I want him starting in one of those positions ahead of the other guys. I mean, you look at the way that Harit and and Bentaleb played today, um, and usually McKenny plays in one of those positions as well. I don't know if I would put Rudy ahead of any of those guys. In that specific position, I think what we were kind of banking on was that, you know, him and Mascarell were going to be the more defensive minded, um, you know, uh, lockdown guys in that six position. And if he's struggling there, I don't really know where he's going to get his minutes then because that seems to be the place where he should have his best opportunity. So, um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how that progresses. But uh yeah, maybe Mascarell will gets some minutes because that'd be good too. I mean, he's he was another big signing for us. Both of those, honestly, yeah. were were yeah. Ex- signings that I was personally excited about. And um, masquerel just hasn't had that many opportunities so far. Yeah,
1: Maskrell is your typical prototypical pro- pro- number six. He's a defensive guy. He'll he'll clean up shop. He'll be there in front of the defense to help them out. Rudy is more of a playmaker type player who t- is deep lying. Um, so I think Maskrell would be better better suited for that position. And frankly, when he came into the game, I thought he looked like perfect for that. That's just me. When looking at that, we're gonna go to a play in the 61st minute. We talked about the Nabil Bentaleb uh, foul or no foul in the 13th minute. Uh, we both agree that that would, that looked like a foul in that one. In this case, uh, going to the 61st minute, Bastion Chipka after a corner goes down in the box. Uh, no foul on the play. Was that a foul for you?
0: I'm gonna be totally honest. I don't know if I remember that specific play. So tell me what you think it was.
1: <laughs> to be honest, I, I, you compared to the two, the two plays, Bentaleb and then Ochipka, I thought the Bentaleb play was certainly a foul. I didn't think the Ochipko one was as much. I thought he was more reaching for, it looked like he was ready to fall down at that at that time uh, when the play came. looked like he was ready to go down anyway, so I could see why the call wasn't made there. I, I It's scratching my head about the Bentaleb one because you look at the replay and he's clearly fouled. And, and, and I think it might have been in the box in that one too, but... Yeah, I'm I'm good with the no call on that one. Really, the ball was in their end, and I'd rather see it there than him going down in our box and then leading to a great shot for them. You know, something like that. But I was fine with the no call uh, overall. But like I said, of the two two questionable calls in this game, that was one that what I thought was pretty clear cut, and that was a uh, a good no call by by the referee on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, so just while we're on that subject, I mean, great great to have him back. Um, oh yeah and i thought i thought he was i thought he was excellent today honestly and uh, yeah, i don't know if um his presence helped give some more space for Caliguri or whatever i don't i don't know what exactly was going on but um he was you know such a great player for us first last season and and really struggled to to get healthy and get fit um early into this campaign so that that's absolutely huge for us if he uh can stay healthy and be a consistent presence back there that'll i mean he's 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 phenomenal so it just it was i think every shalka fan probably was Pleased by that development,
1: and you know, since we're talking about a Chipka, let's continue on that. You know, I think a Tedesco's system. He wants to. He wants the team to be wide, right? He wants Caligiri to be wide on the right, and he wants a Chipka to be wide on the left. And so, I know when they're in there together, Caligiri, he hugs the line pretty close on the right side. You know, Chipka's like dead on the line when he's when he's on the left side. And I'm wondering now, like, if I look back at some of the footage from other games, whether whoever was Caligiri's counterpart on the other wing, whether it be Schoff or whomever. Or if you know Kalajzic on the other side, are they are they staying that close to the positions that they are when Ochipka and Kalajir are out there? Because when they're both out there, they certainly stretch the field out, making that defense really you know you know go after them and then leaving the middle open for a Harit or a Bentaleb or or to really you know go one on one against the guy. So I'm, I you know I kind of want to look back at the old footage of of different lineups and see if they they still stretch out the defense with you know someone else out there other than Ochipka. I'm curious. I mean
0: it's I mean it certainly seems like guys like Mendel were doing a good job getting getting into advanced areas with the ball early in the season but um yeah, I mean it'd be, it, yeah, but maybe we'll have to go back and do some do some analysis on that because it definitely seemed like we had a lot more width today than we have in a lot of matches previously, which is as we said earlier something we've talked about is just um that was a huge part of, of our of our buildup last season. Like, you know, when we are able to get off the shoulder of the defense and, and play those balls in or take people on the dribble from those wide areas, um, we look a whole lot more dangerous, and we we really struggled to get into those positions a lot this season.
1: And when when those guys are in those positions, it leaves guys like Harit to go one-on-one with guys, and he draws fouls, and in the 66th minute, uh, Bauer picks up a second yellow, a red, uh, for a foul on Harit, uh, this time was more deserving than the first one for sure, but a red nonetheless uh, in this one, Jack. When when I heard that Nuremberg was going to go down a player, I didn't think that the game was over at that point. Because um, I think we've gone down, the other team has gone down a guy and still produced a result before. So I thought that that was certainly uh, a capable thing for Nuremberg to do despite being down one man. Yeah, tough situation for Nuremberg.
0: Um, having to burn a substitution early with that goal uh, goalkeeper substitution that you mentioned, and then you know uh, going a man down here with the red card. Um, but uh, yeah, it didn't didn't stop them from from putting another one past us. So, um, I'm glad that we ended up uh giving a little bit more cushion later on. But uh, I mean, I don't think you were wrong for thinking that because especially with the defensive performance today, um, Nuremberg had goals in a man. It just it, obviously that the task gets a little bit more difficult when you. Playing a man down. Oh,
1: certainly. And you know, Chaka took advantage of it right away. Just minutes later, um, Caligiuri with one of his three assists in the game uh, swung it in. To, and Bergstaller at first, which I thought looked like deflected off his chest or something, and gone in. You look at the replay, and he like taps it in with his toe. Or he he does it on purpose. Uh, gets a goal, doesn't celebrate, does a classy thing. Um, good to see him and him get that goal. See Berg or Caligiri with the assists, and overall get another goal because uh i was i was happy to see a goal go in that point
0: yeah it looked like a shot right from from calgary yeah. um kind of a curling ball yeah. going to the left side and, uh, and to be fair i think i think the goalkeeper would have had that totally covered but Bergstaller makes sort of an opposite angle run and just jumps in front of it and redirects it uh closer to the near post and, and puts it past and uh you know good heads up play from Bergstaller. good hustle making making that run and uh probably not the most planned goal from from our perspective, no. but uh, yet again another example of uh, of, of Calgary um, making things happen. And there was uh, there was more to come.
1: Luckily, he scored that goal because seven minutes later, Norberg would get a goal again. Uh, their second of the game, at first the referee didn't call a goal. Went to VAR, but it turned out to be a good goal. The play, I think, Barons hit two or three posts on that shot. And it ended up going to whoever, it did. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, Vish or whoever it hit it went to. That
0: was a that was a FIFA goal, yeah, right? That was yeah. the kind of thing that like people rage quit, <laughs> right? If that if that happens to you in a game of FIFA, you hit every possible piece <laughs> of metal, right? Like, absolutely crazy. Yeah, but they get that goal. It makes it three two nerving times until. So I mean, let me let me say this though. I mean, here we go, here we go. Um, get ready because I'm I'm gonna once again say the exact same thing I said earlier. Um, oh, what was that? This to me. <laughs> Yeah, th- this this to me is just a goal that comes from being lazy. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, the the initial ball right is this, is it's a great through ball. Um, played all the way back through the through the through the back line, and you know, Stan, I think it's Bully just gets beat on a little bit, which you know that's gonna happen every now and then. Like it's not a, not a huge deal, but um, I, I believe. Sani and Nastasic, they see uh, that there's basically a one-on-one with the keeper, and I guess they just assume that he's gonna finish it, yeah. and they're making no effort to track back in the box or, or put themselves in a position for a rebound. Now, a- as we discussed, this this hits like multiple posts and pops back out, and um, they're not in position to clean it up. And, and meanwhile, um, y- you have Zrelec or whatever his name is, who who does make that effort and runs in is basically just to tap it away. And, and listen, if one or both of those players you know actually you know plays basically until the whistle like you know follows that play through to its you know to its conclusion that might not be a goal and and that's something that we we really need to work on it's just you know the the effort tracking back and you know the the awareness of, of where everyone else is uh, is on the pitch like you know you can't just let somebody have a free run into the box like that and you need to do a better job getting yourself in position um i don't know it's it's just frustrating like once again if a team breaks you down and, and beats you and just makes an excellent play. You tip your hat right. to him and you say Absolutely. like, you know what, that, that was a great play. But in my opinion, both of these goals were preventable if if there's a little bit more hustle and awareness from the team. And so, I mean, given the start that we've had to the season, that's something we just can't um, afford to continue to do. So hopefully we'll we'll improve on that front going forward. I'm sure Tedesco will point those things out uh, on the tape. So is it more
1: comforting that – uh, first of all, majority of the goals – that beat us this year seem to be come from plays like that where we're not doing what we need to be doing and the goal happens. Um, so with that said, would you rather be giving up amount of, a lot of goals because the teams are breaking you down, just being you one, you know, beautiful plays and scoring goals on you or this happening? Cause I, at least at this, position, yeah, at this position, I think we can correct this, right? If we're getting, you know, we're getting slaughtered in the back and they're tearing us apart and getting goals. That's like, okay, we got no defense, but at least, we can get the guys in position, right? In theory, to stop that from happening. Yeah,
0: if that's. I mean, that's a tricky question for me, right? And I, I think I probably agree with you. I think if it's if if this is the way we're conceding goals, I think it's a little bit more hopeful because, as you said, these should be things that we should fairly easily be able to correct. Right. But it's also far more frustrating because, um, you know, you, you feel like the other team isn't always earning it. Um, and, and that just that just makes it frustrating when these things go past you, because, you know, as, as I said, if a team just flat out beats you, you know, you never want to see a goal go in, but you're not going to be that frustrated by it. It's, it's a great play. You know, that, that's that's the game of football. It's just when stuff like this happens, you're like, come on, I know I know these guys are better than that. It, it's that sort of thing. So, yeah, you're right. I think I'd rather have it be this way. But um, ideally, I'd rather have it not be... <laughs> that We're not considering these goals at all, but... Uh, Clean sheet every I, game. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess I guess you're right. This is at least, in theory, fixable. Right.
1: In theory. <laughs> um, well, the game would not end at 3-2. Kalajiri, he, he would do what he does. Coin slaloming past players, it seemed like. Setting up Scribski for his second of the game. Great to see him get his second. Uh, minutes later, third minutes of stoppage time, in fact. Ochipka... Doesn't get one with his left, but gets in with his right foot. A bullet into the back of the net. Bread low, didn't even see it. Five goals, Jack. Five two is the final. Did you know there were going to be seven goals in the game when the game started? I did not
0: expect that at all, and I don't think a lot of people did. Uh, you know, both teams really struggled to score goals early in the season, and then just an absolute explosion today. Um, as I said earlier, Shalk. I mean, at least I think I said this earlier. Maybe I didn't. Um, you know, Shalk was scoring more goals. In this game at the Veltins Arena, that they had scored at the Veltins Arena all season up to that point. Um, yeah. I think they had scored four goals previously at home. They scored five in this one. Um, so yeah, definitely not what we would expect going into it. But uh, love to see that, and um, I mean, just that that, that second to last goal you just mentioned, Calgary, acres of space, um, and then just attacks that space, makes an excellent run and a great cutback, and Skrivsky with a very confident finish. So uh, brace for him. Uh, in his first start with a club. That's an awesome story. Um really glad to see him involved in having a good performance and, and Caliguri having arguably his best performance of the season and Benteleb with his best performance of the season, maybe even Harit with his best performance of the season. A lot of a lot of positives to take away from this match for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, actually, you know, you said four goals. that has scored Veltas Arena. Schalke only scored eight goals this entire year, and they've yeah. scored five today, or yesterday. So uh, that tells you what kind of game they had. Uh, let's look at the lineup real quick. First of all, who's your man of the match? Uh, that's that's my curious question, because I've heard a lot of different people say different things. So I want to hear what your, what your take is on this.
0: I, I think man of the match probably has to be... Eh. I, I guess you can give it to Scribski just for the feel-good story, right? He scores two goals, like excellent on that. If it's not that, it's probably Calgary for me just because of how often he was involved in, in creating those things. I think he had, what, was it? Do you have three assists? Three assists. Yeah, so uh, probably him or, or Scribsky, but I think there's, there's several different answers that you could give to that. That um, you know, it'd be hard to hard to argue with you, hard to disagree with you on that. And like like I said, Bentilab would be another one. And Harid had a good game. And Bastion you Chipka, you know, coming back, his first was it his first game at all?
1: Yes. Did he make well, a he substitute at some point? He played, for, he played the Zenit game, but yeah, this is his first game. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, so him coming back from injury, putting in that kind of performance, and also getting a goal. Yeah. And it was a great finish by him, you know, late in the match. Um, I mean, you could you could toss him in there for consideration as well. It was a pretty pretty strong performance from from most of the guys, I would say. At least on the, the attacking end of the
1: field. Yeah, no, my my man of the match is going to be Daniel Caligiuri because we've been screaming all year long. The the big difference that we've noticed is that Caligiuri is not attacking like he he had last year. And what does he do this game? He attacks like he did last year, and then he gets three assists. Um, his passing was on point today. I mean, his hustle was it's always there, but he was doing the runs that we were we were missing for a while. And and if he does that, I think we're going to be in good places going forward. So he's my man of the match. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you could say Skripsky and a couple other guys. They certainly had good games. Yeah, you know, if you look at the lineup, Skripsky obviously had a great game. I think he earned himself another start uh, going forward. Bergstaller did Bergstaller things um that's why he's in the lineup. uh um, <laughs> doing first Yeah, things, that's man, a good man. thing. That's a compliment in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh Harit Har- Har- the, the the combination of Harit and Bentaleb both have fantastic games. Uh it's something we expected from Harit. It's, it's a welcome surprise by Bentaleb because we know he can do that kind of stuff. So great to see that. Uh Chipka I thought had a very good game. His crosses weren't as as on as it was, but hey, it's his first game back. I'm going to give him some some slack a couple times you know, for crosses they were low and they weren't they weren't going anywhere, but his hustle was there yeah. and he got that goal, uh, which is big. Uh, Rudy, Rudy, and the defense I thought had so much to be desired, but hey, it's it's a work in progress. I get it. The result is what matters in this one. So five two is the victory. Uh, we look at the table after this game. We are now we're still in fourteenth place, um, but we're actually three points now up on Nuremberg. Uh, four points out of relegation spot, which I, it's two words you don't think you would be talk, mentioning when you talk about Schalke. Uh, but if you look on the bright side, we are only three points out of the top ten, so um, not too terrible looking forward. And really, out of the you know behind Hoffenheim, who have that last European spot, we're seven points behind them. So it's not all doom and gloom. Looking at that, uh, any other big takeaways from this game, Jack? I mean, I think we we probably. Covered most of it. Um, just, just
0: great to see that result coming out of the international break. We really needed to to get things together. That that Frankfurt match was was a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, heading into a couple weeks off, you never like to head into a break uh, on that kind of note. But um, bounced back and, and took advantage of a team that we, you know, need to take advantage of. In all fairness, I mean, no no disrespect to Nuremberg, but um, you know, uh, this is. This is kind of what you what you would like to see Schalke doing to teams at, at the bottom of the table. This right. is a game that they should win at home against a you know a, a, a less than stellar event, and they put a bunch of goals past them and, and, and got the W. Definitely some things to improve on, particularly at the back, as I've you know talked about ad nauseum. But um, overall, very positive performance, and hopefully one that we can build on and uh, get some momentum as we try to salvage this season and climb the table.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I absolutely agree because I think I tweeted you or tweet I texted you when it was like 2 0. I said, I want to see more goals because I don't feel comfortable with the lead. And luckily, we did get our goals today. So that was good to see. One, one other thing, the
0: main, the one takeaway, I guess I would say, kind of an overarching thing is just um, anytime you have a guy like Skripsky come in with a performance like that, it's great because, you know, we can talk about the depth that we have, yeah. but until you actually see it on the field, it's all theoretical depth. Um, you know we could say like you know and we have said in in previous matches like yeah you know we'd really love to see some of yeah, these guys that we in for them get, yeah. you know yeah, get minutes. Like, what's the point of bringing him in if you're not going to play them? But I mean, to be fair, even at, when we were saying that, we didn't know what these performances were going to look like, right? And I'm not expecting Skrzeszyk to score a brace every time he comes on, but um, it just gives you a whole lot more confidence going forward that um, as these guys get minutes, they become more of a known quantity, and, and you know what you're going to get out of them, or what you can at least expect out of them. And uh, yeah, I, I think Skrzeszyk absolutely earned um, future looks and in future inclusions into the side. And uh, yeah, it's it's great to to know. Um, that maybe some of these signings are are, going to pay off for us.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, it's important that we got the result that we did get the confidence because we got a pretty daunting schedule coming up. Uh, Looking ahead, we got Porto coming up midweek, November 28th, so in the Champions League, like I said. After that, the following weekend, we got Hoffenheim on December 1st, and then the big Riviera Derby on the 8th. Um, Before we mentioned the Riviera Derby, uh, any thoughts on this uh, Champions League game? And it just it, we we kind of talked about it at length with uh, James Thurgood last week. Are you just excited about this game to get going? It's in it's in Belton's Arena this time, right? No, it's, I believe it's away. It's I think away. our first one was at the Belton's oh, okay. Arena, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right.
0: That could be wrong. Who knows? Um, yeah, excited. You know, to close out Champions League group stage. Um, yeah, 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 I don't know if we're going to end up getting that that first spot, but potential. And it, I mean, it looks like all likelihood we're going to you know advance, right? What, what's the what's actually what's what's the group at right now? Are we two ahead of? We Galatasaray? Here we go.
1: We are four points on Galatasaray. With two. Oh, okay. To go, there.
0: So. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, like, in all likelihood, probably as long as we don't ha- suffer some sort of like horrible loss to Porto, we're 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 in pretty good shape, right? So yeah. Um yeah I, I would love at least to draw to this one on the road that would be that would be huge if we could get the win even bigger because at that point we would leapfrog them uh leapfrog them and then kind of control our own destiny um in that final match day of the group stage in terms of whether or not we're gonna get first or second place um, coming out of the group and uh I mean w- once you get out of the group stage pretty much every team you're gonna run into is gonna be a really really difficult yeah, team yeah. so I, I don't know how much of an advantage having that first or second spot is gonna be but um It'd be nice, and it'd you know, it'd be a nice feather in the cap, right? To say that we won our Champions League group. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, there's not some sort of epic collapse that I crash out of the group stage. I, I really do not want to go into the Europa League, um, if possible. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good Champions League campaign so far, and hopefully, we can keep that going.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely, and then like I said, we're we got the big Riviera Derby coming up on the horizon, and since we're looking ahead. Uh, we wanted to let you know Shaka's next viewing party, which will be in Columbus, uh, Ohio, on December 8th. Uh, you can see, you can join Irwin and Shaka U.S. there at the event to wish our boys good luck. I was at the last viewing party at uh, in Pittsburgh. so um, Then there's another one coming up not too long from now in St. Louis as well. So maybe Jack will be there. Who knows? uh, we can surprise some people. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we can make some appearances
0: of those. I'd love to get out and, and I don't know if we have any listeners in those particular cities, if we could actually end up running into anybody, but, um, if, if either of us end up going to one, we'll definitely make that announcement. So you can, uh, link up with us and, uh, uh, even if we don't show up, you should definitely go if you're in the area, for sure. Those watch parties are um, a blast. It's great to watch some of these big matches with your fellow Shaco
1: fans. You will, you'll be surprised how many Shaka fans there are. You would not think there are that many in, in your town. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, where are these people? I never knew these, these fans were here. So it's really uh, it's really awesome stuff, so definitely go. Shaco fans, what did you make of the match against Nuremberg? Let us hear about it at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. So, before we get out of here, let's do some listener questions because I know we had some some juicy ones. Um, let's start, Jack, with uh, our buddy who's on the show, Dave Lee. He asks Against a soft Nuremberg Road team, how much does this really tell us about the state of our play in the league? <laughs> and this really seemed to be the majority of the questions that we
0: received wasn't it seemed yeah, like there's yeah. like three or four people that all asked kind of the same question, just phrased a little bit differently. People really wanting to know, uh, you know, if this five, two result is, is indicative of, um, you know, uh, the, the opponent that we faced or, you know, the form of the team going forward. And th- that's a tough question to ask. I, I think it's, um, I think it's both. And uh, it, it might be a little bit more of the opponent. I really don't think Nuremberg is that great of a squad. And um, we definitely look like we had a lot easier of a time out there today um and you know guys like calgary getting the space that we haven't seen and i think some of that's just you know the lack of pressing from from nuremberg and we had a lot more freedom on the pitch so i i don't know i i i'm excited about the result it's 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 a great result i think we saw a lot of good things out there and i'm optimistic um but personally i'll probably put this one a little bit more down to the team that, that we faced than, than the performance what, what's your take on it
1: yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Nuremberg has given up seven goals. So I think Dortmund six or something to to Frankfurt. They, they gave up a lot of goals this year. With that we scored five against them. Yeah, scoring five isn't easy against anybody. And, and you gotta you have to come to play every week. And we did today for the most part, at least offensively. I think it's a little bit of both. It certainly is the the team we played. They were a little bit soft. Gave us more freedom. I like that word you use, freedom. Uh, gave us certainly more freedom and gave us confidence to to go up and attack. I know it did a, a dirty world for Harit and Bentaleb, and uh, especially Kalajeri because it's something we've been clamoring for all years for him to get back to what he was doing last year and attacking down the right flank. And so seeing him there, seeing Ochipka back is great confidence booster for Ochipka. You'd rather have Ochipka come back in this game than come back against like say the Rivier Derby or something, you know, where it's a little bit a bit more daunting. So um, I, I think it's it's a it, it's going to be in the back of the book, like you said. Like, I won't read too much into this game. But it's got to be a confidence booster for the guys, and and hopefully they can feed off of this because confidence is a, is a killer man. And it, if you get that confidence, it'll it can overtake you know your your deficiencies. Um, the same thing also if you're if you're lacking in confidence, um, whatever little plays that you do wrong seem to be magnified. So yeah, um, I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt. A victory, but I think it did do us a, a bit of good uh, to get our guys doing the right thing. Especially the key players like Kalaj, yeah, I know Skripsky, Ochipka were made a difference in the game, but Azid Harit, Azid Bentaleb, especially Jiri. Um So if we can just get Rudy and the defensive guys to get on the same page as well, um, I think we're going to be in a good position. So I think I think it overall it was good, but um, like yeah, I said, if,
0: if there is something that that could be indicative of future performances or Schalke kind of working something out on the pitch, I think it might be that Bentaleb Harit partnership. Um, in 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 that you know, two in front of in front of the deeper lying midfielder, um, because that really seemed to be an effective combination. So um, maybe that will be something to keep an eye on uh, going forward to see if 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 Tedesco uses that that combination again, because if if that ends up. Being something that he regularly uses and it's it's that effective that could bode very well for us because I thought we had so much more offensive spark today and partially as a result
1: of the great play of both those guys. Yeah, and Shalaka fans of Australia pretty much asked the same questions as Dave. Um, how much do we bring to the performance? So you know we kind of talked about that and we're going to take it with a grain of salt. It had some it has some positives takeaway for sure, but um, you do have to think about who the opponent was. And had had we done this to Frankfurt or something, they would be like, okay, well that's good. But you know, we we see when the results in Nuremberg have given up this season, so you got to think about that a little bit when you're looking at perspective and stuff. Definitely um, going to our next question, uh, from a good friend of the show, Carsten Jan from the Feld Flanke, uh, who do great tactics on on Schalke. You should really check them out on on uh, Twitter. It's at H A L B F E L D F L A N K E. Don't at me. Um, the question they ask or he asks was this really a step forward for Shaco or was it just the same as before with a better result?
0: Yeah, I think this is kind of related to the previous question, but I I think without putting words in in Carson's mouth here, um, I think what he's probably getting at was, was this a case of just better finishing? Um, Like just capitalizing on the chances, which is something we haven't done a lot of this year. Was this really just a better offensive performance? Um, I, I mean, I do think that we looked a little bit more clinical, for the most part, I mean, definitely missed a couple early, but there were some great saves by by the keeper can, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, just you know, some of the stuff that you would see like Hurry doing, like pulling a shot or like you know, uh, even though Chipka's goal later, just definitely seemed more confident, more decisive, more clinical. I mean, Skrbsky's second goal was just so calm and 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 uh, and composed. Just you know, very easy tap in. Um, so in in that sense, I, I think we we looked and improved. Just the, just the overall. Um, how do i want to phrase this there, there's um it, it seems like Schalke's just a little bit nervous a lot this season yeah in the final third um in the, the bundesliga just,
1: though in the, in the bundesliga specifically yeah way.
0: yeah it, it looks like when they get the ball they're not confident that they're gonna put it away like they're they're nervous that they're gonna make a mistake or something and i think that was significantly lessened in this match and maybe that's just a byproduct of once you get a couple you know everyone relaxes or something but um yeah, I mean, in that sense, it very well could have been a step forward, and hopefully, we see that kind of confidence and belief um, from our attacking players going forward.
1: You know, I, and I beg this question: You know, he says, "Is it a step forward, or just the same as before with a better result?" Well, if it's a better result, it's got to be a step forward, right? So, ha ha. Um, I think it definitely <laughs> were him. more cl- clinical, uh, for sure. They were taking their chances. Uh, they, it, it's for whatever reason in the Bundesliga, like like we've been saying, they've been a little bit more nervous in the Champions League and in the DFB Pokal or oh, more so Champions League. They've looked loose. They've played much better attacking football. They look better composed defensively, but what they did to Galatasaray over two legs was was brilliant. But, you know, they didn't it doesn't translate to the Bundesliga for whatever reason and I don't know why. Uh, maybe they keep looking at the standings and see how much further away from from Dortmund and, and and the teams at the top. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure what what's going on there, but it it definitely seems like the Bundesliga uh, gameplay is different from the rest of their gameplay and they they need to correct that I think if they need to if they want to get back into the into the hunt of the Europa League discussion uh this season. Uh, we're not gonna probably talk, talk Champions League, but uh you never know. But to get they need to get back into their solid play in the Bundesliga. And the and the Champions League are doing well right now, but uh, this got translated into the Bundesliga. And this is a step in the right direction, I think. Being more clinical is gonna help for sure. It's gonna make you calm as the Skripsky goal, that second goal he had, he was his tap in uh, no worries. So uh, hopefully, we see more of that. Going to uh, uh, question from Jamal Stutz. He asks Jack, uh, "How do you feel about Nabil Bentaleb replying to your tweet, and when will he be a guest on the podcast?" So what he's talking about is during the game when he broke when he went through those five guys or whatever he was instead of Burke We tweeted out, you know, Bentaleb acting like Ronaldinho today, and so. Bentele, a little to my surprise, uh, replied back and said, I wish, you know, he responded, I wish with with the the, the laughing face. Um, So that got a lot of, you know, feedback on Twitter. I think it's had over, has had several likes, several retweets and whatnot. So uh, how do we feel about that, Jack, of him replying, first of all, to our tweet, and then uh, the second part about him being a guest on the podcast?
0: Yeah, yeah, we love getting interaction from the players. That might actually be like the first time that's actually happened, but uh we would love to have Nubil Bentaleb on the podcast opportunity to talk to him. I actually saw a uh, interview with him after this past match, and he speaks excellent English. So um, he'd be somebody that we'd be. A- you and I should really learn German, wouldn't you say? We should probably get to work on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already of you, helpful. but yeah, wh- yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. You're, you, you mean I, I? That's more. Yeah, definitely me.
1: Yeah. I need to. Uh, he speaks uh, French too. So hey, Je parle I mean, how, many, how many how many languages can you speak? Je parle beaucoup de, de, de langues uh, nine. Damn.
0: Okay. There you go. So I have my work cut out for me. But uh, yeah, we'd love to have him on. And uh, I don't know, man. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll uh, get to work on that.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, that was great to see Ben Talbert reply back uh, to us. We love when interacting with the, with the with the with the team, with the fans, with the players, with the coaches, whoever. Uh, we love that kind of stuff. So um, it was great to see that for sure. And uh, when will he when be when will he be against the podcast? Well, we'll do our be, we'll do our best to get him on. As Jack said, he speaks English, so we'll see what we can do. Keep your fingers crossed. Right. Uh, let's move on to that uh, from there, from, from Bentaleb to another former guest on the show, Marie schulte She asks, Jack, can Harit become a regular starter again? And if so, in what position?
0: Yeah, dude, friend of the show, Marie, uh, holds the record for most appearances on the podcast, I believe, at, uh, at a whopping two
1: appearances. <laughs> we got to
0: have her back on at some point in the near future on the podcast. We love having Marie on. She's great. Um, yeah. Can Harit become a regular starter again? Uh, I don't see why not. I mean, especially when he puts his puts in performances like that. I mean, it's hard to take, it's hard to look at that performance from him and be like, yeah, we don't really need that. What he brought to the table. Um, I think we absolutely do need that. And, uh, when he's on his game, he is a, uh, you know, borderline unique talent in this league. He really has, um, an ability that I think almost no one on our, on our team and a lot of players in the league do not have. So, um, absolutely he can become a regular starter again um if he keeps putting in performances like that and in what position um probably the position he was playing to be honest i mean that three one uh four two is something that tedesco has used a whole lot and i don't see that changing all that much as we go forward so yeah probably as one of those more advanced midfield players um the, you know in in that in that system um i, I think he um, as long as he does a good job with his defensive responsibilities there and is able to, you know, be effective pressing and that sort of thing, I don't see um, I- any problem with him being in that role in,
1: in, in the system. What are your thoughts? I certainly think he he, he can absolutely be a a regular player again, um, especially if he gets that consistency back because I think that's what it was lacking, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning part of the season for for whatever reason. If he can get keep that consistency and get better on it, uh, especially with his finishing. Uh, absolutely there's certainly a spot for him i think you know he's a unique player where i think that he could be play a 10 position he could play on the wings he played a numerous numerous amount of positions now best position i think was probably what we saw uh like you said against uh, nuremberg in that kind of like eight role the former Goretzko role and having a guy like Benteleb right there next to him where both guys will take guys one-on-one uh, be that creative uh, string pullers, if you will, on the team. I think that's absolutely pivotal for, for the strikers. Uh, Bergstaller, Skripsky, whoever's out there, Uth, um, those kind of players will feed off of those two there. Um, and I think, long as Harit, like you said, his defensive responsibilities, if he can press at the right time, because Tedesco's system is all about pressing at the right time, uh, whether it's pressing deeper or pressing up high, um, he's got to have to get his pressing correctly and, and help out defensively um if he wants to keep on the and keeping the lineup. And I think that's the big thing. That's the main consistency thing that that is looking for is that you're gonna help out defensively to be on this team. You're gonna have to play your butt off at all times of the game. And he does most of the time. It just we hadn't seen it this year as much as we did last year. So I certainly think that he's gonna be a starter again and uh, I think we're both in agreement that he this position he played in this past weekend was was a position to be in and so um if he keeps making those late runs he'll gonna get he's gonna get a boatload of goals this year. So That is the last of the listener questions. Uh, I think I got them all right, Jack? I believe so, yeah. All right. Um, So before we head out of here, uh, we want to mention uh, over in Atlanta, they're having a Kick It 3 versus 3 event uh, that's hosted by Schalke on December 16th. You should definitely check that one out. Schalke will award a free trip to Germany to a youth team who participates in this tournament, this event, uh, which is going to be at the Lake Point Sports Complex. Schalke coaches are going to be there to help out with the, with this with this little competition. They're going to be available for interviews on-site or via phone prior to or during the events, really. You can get photo opportunities with Schalke, with with Erwin, coaches as well. And then um, yeah, so the team the team that's lucky enough to win this will win a VIP trip to Germany for a behind-the-scenes tour with Schalke, get tickets to watch the Schalke home match. Uh, sounds like an awesome thing. It's uh, Saturday the 15th and December the 16th in Atlanta, so you want to check it you want to register it go to www.3v3soccer.com so uh neither of us are near atlanta but maybe we can get down there and uh uh, it's a couple weeks away it's easier for me to get to than uh, the river derby uh watch party uh but uh yeah it's it's probably warmer in atlanta than it is where i am how is it cold where you are jack it's got to be uh yeah it's getting there i mean we're 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 approaching
0: december here and it's been uh kind of snowing and sleeting all day so uh not not fun weather at the moment in chicagoland oh
1: yeah uh we haven't had much snow here but it's been uh it's definitely been cold and uh actually had to go deal with a flood situation today so overall it's good but i think on that note jack uh i say we wrap wrapped this one up we want to thank schalke fox Soccer, bundesliga.com and the canberra times for tidbits on our podcast today we want to give a special shout out to nbc4 nashville as well <laughs> If you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter by simply going to the team website, entering your email address, receive them monthly. Jack, where can our followers find you on Twitter?
0: J.M. Mangan on Twitter, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Loved all the listener questions uh, from you all out there this week. We love, we love talking about those things and addressing the topics that you'd like to see us address so definitely keep those coming next week we'll do our best to get to all of those and uh yeah hit us up on twitter continue the conversation there
1: brilliant brilliant and once again i am your host richard Carmen. you can find me on twitter at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n until the next pod comes my friends stay ready and we'll be with you soon shoes